Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Nordby. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Nani Dotson and Carla Anderson. So today is our 85th episode. Yes. And um, we are, and it will be our last one. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been a wonderful adventure. It has been. Um, and I, I hate, I hate to say that it's been fun because these are horrible stories, but it's been a fun learning experience and there's, there's reward in telling these stories that aren't really known. You know, right. most of the stories that we've done aren't well-known stories. Right. And I feel like those stories kind of get lost a little bit. Well, and there's so many. There's, they're, they're, they're every day. Yeah. Uh, people who've gone missing. And, and uh, we figure that was probably, we've probably told the stories of, you know, around 180 people uh, in our 85 episodes. And, mm-hmm. and um I know that when we last looked at the numbers, which was probably a month ago, uh, we've had over 10,000 listens to our podcast. And it's been a point of pride, I, th- I know, for both of Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And it's been, uh, we're both creative people, um, and that has been the, really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, um, it's, and most of it has been done actually over COVID. Over yeah. a lot of it was done. Our year, is, we're going to be probably about 15, 16 months into it. And most of that was done over COVID, and and we had the capacity at the time to do the work right. of of that's required of the podcast. But um, as our work is picked up, our work in crime victim advocacy, um, there's just not enough. We don't have the capacity yeah. anymore to to really give the victims uh, who have gone missing the kind of attention and time that they need that they really do need to um, they deserve. Yeah, and so. Um, and this job too, you know, we, we hear such horrible stories on a daily basis and then to tell more stories, to research yeah, and then tell those stories. It just, it, it adds to the trauma that we yeah. have to live with on a daily basis. And yeah. it's just become after, after 170 stories, 85 episodes, it's just become too much yeah. for us. And so, um, we have to say goodbye to this chapter, and it has been. I I know uh, it. It's, we're both very proud of what's yeah. what we've been able to do, and grateful to our listeners. I want to thank my mom and my brother, who may be the only listeners that we've had, but I've done a really good yeah. job. I can't name any of them that I know <laughs> that I listened. But I am. I am. Ex- I am sad. Yeah. I am sad that that. Uh, that we are moving on from this chapter, um, but I'm very proud of what we've done. Yeah, so, I am too. And um, and these stories, you know, we will continue to host these stories so that they will be available for people to listen to, and um, uh, in the future. So, with that, uh, if you can tell us about Nani Dotson. Nani Dotson was 33 years old in 2006. She was a single mother to a 16-month-old daughter, and they lived in San Antonio, Texas. Nani worked as a nurse in the intensive care unit at Wilford Hall Medical Center on the Lackland Air Force Base. 
She was a first lieutenant in the Air Force and had only three months of service left on her commission when she went missing. In November 2006, she went to Denver, Colorado to visit her brother. On the 18th, Nani went to the Grizzly Rose Country and Western Dance Club, which was a popular Denver establishment. Two men at the club were allegedly seen hassling her while she was there. They wanted to take her out for breakfast, but she refused to go and asked another patron to help her get away from the men. Nani made it back to her brother's house that night and didn't mention to anyone that she was shook up or frightened of anyone. The next day, November 19th, Nani was seen by her brother around noon when she decided to go to a shopping center just a short distance from her brother's home. Since it wasn't far away, Nani decided to walk rather than take her vehicle. This was the last time that she has been seen. When she still wasn't back by Monday, her family filed a missing persons report. The authorities did get a ping from her cell phone where it was last used on the day that she went missing in the area of C-470 and South Kipling Parkway in Denver. Dogs tracked her scent there, but no evidence was found. Nani's ex-boyfriend, Edward Allen Veal, who is the father of her child, hired an attorney and initially refused to cooperate with the investigation. Nani's brother said she had a rocky relationship with Edward. He had filed a paternity dispute after Nani had her child, but DNA tests proved he was the baby's father and he was ordered to pay child support. Edward did finally meet with authorities in December 2006 and provided an alibi for himself. He produced receipts to support his claim that he was in Texas when Nani disappeared and had nothing to do with her case. Detective Elias Alberti with the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office said, quote, when we do realize the person is missing or there may be some other circumstances to it, usually we're hours or days behind the last time the person was seen, unquote. But in the case of Nani Dotson, he said, quote, there's not a body, there's nothing to go off of, and that really doesn't help us in homicide cases, and even general evidence. Physical evidence or a crime scene leads up to clues, leads us to other people, and you don't have that in the missing persons cases, unquote. No body, no crime. Right. Nani is originally from Colorado. She was planning on moving back there when she was out of the service in three months. She was due to report back for duty three days after she went missing. Authorities stated that she had a stable life back in 2006 and had no reason to leave. She adored her 16-month-old daughter and would not have left her. Nani's parents cared for her daughter for over a year and wanted to keep her, but Edward, her father, gained custody in 2008. Investigators believe that she was taken against her will. It is worth mentioning, just because it was in the news articles, that her brother, who last saw Nani before she disappeared, was found guilty of sexual assault with a deadly weapon in 2014 and was sentenced to 48 years to life in prison. While serving his sentence, he was convicted of criminal solicitation to commit murder. He has never been named a suspect in Nani's disappearance. No one has been named a suspect or person of interest in her case. Well, that changes things. It does. And, you know, I hate to somehow implicate him, but it... It's very suspicious. Well, it's worth mentioning because it, it said it in quite a few news articles that I read. Um, I don't know what to make of that. I don't, you know, take it with a grain of salt if you need to, but it just... It needs to be mentioned. It's, I mean, I mean... Well, it shows his character, you know. And, and when she was in Denver, 
she must have had that 16-month-old child with her. I would assume. It didn't say specifically. Okay. Um, unless, I mean, the father, well, yeah, the, the father well, may, was in Texas at the time. Yeah, may have had her, but he didn't use that as, a, as an alibi that I right. could see. So right. I would assume that the daughter was with her. And under his care in 2006 when she disappeared because she went to the store without the baby. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That just changes everything. It does. It does. Nani Dotson was 33 years old when she went missing in 2006. She would be 48 next month. She is described as Caucasian, 5'3 and 115 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a gray sweatshirt, a white t-shirt, and black jeans. She has a large scar extending from the top of her right shoulder to under her armpit and a large scar from a car accident on her left knee. If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Nani Dotson, please call the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office at 303-271-5612. So again, this, is, this is feels like a common theme in the stories that we've told. Somebody who's in the military, and the stories that we've told have kind of talked about these, these things happening to people on military bases, but she's... She's she's in the military. She's mm -hmm. not on a military base. Right. But again, she's five foot three, one hundred and fifteen pounds. She's very slight. Yeah. And the the harassment that she had at the bar, it was noticeable to somebody. Yeah. Because when they went looking back, they they could tell that she was being hassled by somebody. Right. And. Um, and they never put that, you know, they never said, like, this is probably who it was, or that was correlated to when mm -hmm. she went missing. Mm -hmm. um, it could be, but they couldn't find necessarily any connection to to that and was that there, they talked about. And was there any proof that she'd ever actually gotten to the, to the mall? Not or? that I found. Okay. Um, I think where her scent was was probably on the way to the mall. Okay. Or on the way back, I guess. It didn't say anywhere that, you know, video captured her going in or and, out. And or in 2006, there, probably, there would have been, and, there, and it would have been. At least in, in the entrances. entrances. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, the Edward, he he didn't, they had a rocky relationship. He didn't want to, he didn't want to pay for the child. Um, so he, you wouldn't expect that he would be. He would have harmed her to get the child right. in that case. Right. Um, you know, we have seen situations where, you know, where that might 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 have been the case, but that doesn't seem like that's the case here. Right. It, or both mom and child go missing. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's no that 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 it resolves the uh, paying child support. Um, the brother must have participated or um, cooperated with the investigation but these his his conviction came several years later yeah and it didn't it didn't talk about the brother after she went missing I mean he didn't it doesn't say that he it doesn't say that he didn't cooperate or he put up a fight right. or they, he didn't would have probably been mentioned you'd think especially because they mentioned his he was the last person to have seen her yeah and because they mentioned his stuff in 2014 14, right you'd think that right yeah but uh, he might have he he didn't look as suspicious in 2006 as he did in 2014, when um, he was child he was charged with uh, solicitation to commit a crime and a um, sexual assault with a deadly weapon. That's 
That's pretty, pretty serious. serious. I mean, 48 years to life? That is, I mean, we don't... I don't even have the capacity to... I mean, I've never seen that. No, because we've seen sexual assaults. And we, we've seen um, kidnappings, um, strangulation. That We don't see those, that number of years. No. It, um, it had to have been very serious. Very serious. Very serious. And, you know, you, you have to think. She had the child. The child was with her. Uh, he, she had gone out the night before. She'd gone out the following day. She'd gone out Saturday night. I think that's probably what that was. Yeah. And she'd gone to the mall. She was going to the mall on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Where was her child? Did he do something to her child? As that would cause this. I mean, you just don't know. And nobody saw her except him. And I have to, I have to think that because she was from Colorado, she knew the area. You know, I would, I would assume. Um, right. It didn't say that she was specifically from Denver. Um, she was from Colorado. I have to just assume that that's probably where her family lived and that's where she was from. Um, to walk. You know, if you were just visiting, you wouldn't maybe walk right. somewhere. But she was somewhat familiar with the area. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Just, unan- just, just questions. No answers, just questions. Yeah. So if you cut the state of Minnesota into four pieces, would, would Dina would be at the very center of those four pieces. A small town of just over 4,000 people. Wadena sits in the crossroads of highways 71, 10, and 29. These are only highways, but they're big, they're well traveled highways. Sure. They are, they are, they are. They like main highways out? Well, they are, they are, they are well traveled highways. Sure. And just, I, 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 10, I, I, I am very familiar with 10. And it, it's, it, it it just it just criss it just crisscrosses the state sure. and while they're not it's not an interstate we have um, two interstates in the state of Minnesota uh, north uh, one going north and south and one going east and west but um, these are very uh, and the interstate that crosses um, uh, east and west is at the very lowest part of the state right. um, at the at the bottom of the state on the Iowa border and so these are main crossroads through the center of the state. So and and I think that we have found that that um, oftentimes when somebody goes missing, these towns are in the crossroads of you know several several highways. Well, and especially seventy one. I mean, seventy one goes through the entire United States, doesn't it? Doesn't it go all the way down? I I I I don't know, but it could very well. And I know that ten goes across from the state from one side to the other, yeah. and uh, is very highly traveled. Yeah. And it's highly traveled to the rural parts of. Sure. Um, it's close enough to large parts, but it, it travels through a lot of the rural part of the state. Carla Beth Anderson was 23 years old, and she worked at the local Hardee's in Wadena. On November 13, 1987, uh, she found out that she had been named Employee of the Month. Her mother and stepfather, uh, Vern and Roberta Wells, took her to Taco John's to celebrate her special day. That's where she wanted to go. Sure. They made plans to stay in wood at the cabin over the weekend, and Roberta agreed to fix Carla's hair on Sunday night because she would have her photo taken on Monday for the Employee of the Month display. Sure. After they finished eating, they stopped to run a movie for Carla. Uh, then they dropped her off at her apartment between 7.30 and 8. They waited until she entered the apartment at Greenwood Apartments. These apartments were for adults with physical or cognitive disabilities, as well as the elderly. Uh, it was considered a very ext- an extremely safe place to live. 
Cairo lived only a half mile from Hardy's and she usually walked to work. She was an exemplary employee and was always early for her shift. When she didn't show up for her shift on Saturday morning, her co-workers were immediately concerned. The manager of Hardy's, Wayne Walden, knew instantly that something was wrong. He called Carla's parents, who went to the apartment. When they found out that she wasn't there, they called the police. And the investigators went inside her apartment and they found that there wasn't anything missing. Uh, the large cup of soda that she had brought from Taco John's the night before was empty, and the video that she had rented was in the VCR. The only things missing were her jacket and her keys. The apartment was locked from the outside, so she must have left and locked the apartment behind her. The security door to the building had been propped open and left open overnight. Uh, there were other tenants that had been moving in and out of the building. Sure. A large-scale air and ground search had been done. Uh, teams searched the swamps and wooded areas. Several Hardy's employees joined the search, and Hardy supplied food and drink for the search teams. This effort went on for weeks. Carla's family and boyfriend were interviewed and ruled out as suspects in her disappearance. Wayne Walden, the manager of Hardy's, eventually became mayor of Wadena. He kept a photo of Carla in his office throughout his tenure. Mm -hmm. Carla Beth Anderson would be 57 years old today. She is a Caucasian female who stands 4'11 and weighed 80 pounds at the time of her disappearance. She has blonde hair and blue or brown eyes. She was wearing an orange Hardy's jacket, a white sweatshirt with bears on it, blue jeans, and pink sneakers. She has a half-inch scar over her right eye. Carla has a mild cognitive disability. If you know anything about the disappearance of Carla Beth Anderson, contact the Wadena Police Department at 218-631-7700. Do we know how long she worked at Hardy's? No. Okay. I she just... had been there for she had been there for a period of time uh, enough to have kind of established the routines that were expected of her. She um, she was well liked by her coworkers. Uh, her the the manager of Hardy's uh, Wayne Molden called her Spud. Sure. Because she was so petite sure. and and she was reliable and she was very consistent and so when she didn't show up on t early even yeah. they knew something was wrong well and this was something that she did every day that she worked i mean yep. this was a regular route she probably took the exact same way at exact the exact same time. time exactly which is a good thing because you know people's schedules but it's a bad thing if you're a predator i mean if, it's a bad thing because a predator can also make right. determination yeah and uh so there was, you know, when they were talking about, you know, what's suspicious or what, there had, um, there were a couple of boys that were, you know, would throw rocks at a window or do a couple of things like that, but dumb boy stuff. Bully and stuff. Yeah, well, and it's, and it's just, just pick yeah. on somebody because they can. Right. And, um, but that, that's a whole different. That's a, that's a leap. That's a, that's a leap. That's yeah. just, that's just being annoying. Yeah. That's, that's, that's. It wasn't a concern, and so I didn't even mention it because yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't um, uh, concerning at the time. And the what what gets the the one thing that was mentioned was is that there was a fire in, in um, a swampy area that night, mm -hmm. and there's some speculation that she might have gone to check it out. She could have seen the fire from her from her um, apartment window. Okay. Um, which might, you know, maybe had been something that she would have done. Um, 
But then what happened to her? Right. It was mentioned that there was a car that was stolen uh, that night and never found. Mm. Again, these are all just pretty random. Yeah, they don't really tie to her at all. No, not necessarily. More, They seem more coincidental. Yeah, than... they, they feel that way. Yeah. And Wadena is a town of 4,000 people. Yeah. I mean, everybody would have known Carla. Yeah. And But the part that bothers me, well, so there's there's two things that I get concerned about when uh, just reading this story. Um is is that that um, she would have been a she probably was a trusting person yeah mm-hmm. she was probably a trusting person and um, so if somebody told her you know something uh, you know your mom called I'm supposed to pick you up or you're she could have been she could have somebody could have tricked her right uh, there's swamps and uh, forested areas in that region and. So that's concerning. Mm-hmm. But it's the highways that bother me. Yeah. That crossroads of mm-hmm. people constantly going through day and night. And um, Isn't it a college town, too? Yes. I'm Isn't there, like, a, a community college? I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. And it's... But it is a small town. Yeah. And, um, but there's people who aren't from there that are going through yeah. there all the time. Mm-hmm. And that, at least in some of the stories that we've done... That has kind of been a that has been a, a factor in many of the stories, yeah. uh, where it's it's a it's an opportunity, yeah, for a predator. Mm-hmm. And then add in that there was somebody moving in and out, and that door was propped open. I can recall living in apartment buildings and doing that exact same thing. My mm-hmm. friend's coming over later. I'm just going to prop this open and right, right, and not even thinking, not even thinking of the safety issues that that causes for people. It's just something that you do. Right. I mean, we did it in the dorms, and right. you know, you prop your you 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 all the time. All the time, but and it's just such a safety issue that you know it just takes this one person to see her do go in, see the door open right. or propped open. It's just it's scary. Well, it is scary, and I think that when you're, I think that you know you, when you're moving in and out, that's one thing. But that last load comes in, and you don't go back down and shut that door. Right. And for, you know, I, at that same, at as a young adult, I would have done absolutely, I did yes. the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. As an adult, as a full-fledged adult, that's, I recognize that all the time. Yeah. I recognize that all the time when there's doors left open, mm-hmm. when there's things propped open. And I, and I, it, it bothers me because I, I know, you know, what I know about domestic violence yeah. is, is that oftentimes when somebody is leaving, is, is, is fleeing a domestic situation, um, the uh, heat continues to stalk her yeah. and in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. He, he's keeping tabs on her. He knows where she's at. Um, and an opportunity like a, like a security door left open right. is very dangerous yeah. for her. Yeah. And um, because she's expecting those doors to be locked, and mm-hmm. so she may not have locked the inside door sure. of her place. And so it, it really yeah. does concern me. Um, well, and it defeats the purpose of living in a secure building. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, I can even think of you know, the apartment buildings that we have here. I'm sure that it's done all the time. It is. You know, it and it just defeats the purpose of, of it, it minimizes your sense of security. When well, and, and it's one thing if you're, if you know that and you're expecting that. Right. But, but 
Or, like in this case, they're making trips back and forth so much easier just to prop oh, the door yeah. open. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know? It is. Um, and, you know, in our in our office space here, we have our front and back doors locked, and they've been locked for, uh, you know, more years than I've been here um, for security reasons so that yeah. we can control who comes in and who goes out because oftentimes people are upset with us. Yeah. Um, they're, they're always upset when they come here. They're upset at somebody, but sometimes they're upset at us. Yeah. Um, and... So we just have a little bit of control coming into the building. And even for me to unlock the door while I shovel the snow out front or to unlock the door to um, let, we've had open, open houses and things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't unlock the door. I s- staff the door yeah. so that it's, because it makes me anxious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But something so simple. And I, I do think that, that those crossroads, those roads going through a community, um, provide an opportunity for a predator to pluck somebody off the street and 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 they just disappear mm-hmm. and we never see or hear from them again. And this case happened, you know, in like in nineteen eighty seven and it's still an open case. They still um, they mention it, they talk about it. Yeah. Uh, because in a in a small town like Wadena it it's still it's on people's minds. Right. Right. Her her um, parents have passed away, mm-hmm. um, but the town hasn't forgot the case. Yeah. So. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used in these cases, can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com. distraction last distraction and can I just say um and sometimes distractions have been just as hard as yes <laughs> after so many times yes. it feels like I, I have I, I'm having a hard time coming up with new something different yeah right right anyone else rip their mask oh sorry these are just random funny things random funny things. yeah I don't know if they're all tweets or just and things you don't on really know if they're funny uh yeah I don't okay okay they're funny to me. Okay. Which that says something. I don't know. Which is the parameter that yeah. we can now judge them. Right. <laughs> now you know. Yeah, now me. we know. Yeah. Anyone else rip their mask off when they get in the car like they just finished a disappointing surgery on Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and there goes my ear and my glasses. It's, it's, it is. It's exactly how I... Oh, there's a big sigh of relief. <laughs> Crossbreed every type of dog until all you're left with is an everything beagle. <laughs> Instead of an everything bagel. <laughs> oh, I get it. I'm sorry. I just thought there was the beagles were yeah everything prolific, bagel. But, everything beagle. but I think that sounds great to me. Yeah. I uh, I am a fan of a mutt. <laughs> I mean, I'm brave, but not hang a floating shelf over my better sofa brave. Oh, gosh, no. It's just asking for it. Uh, asking to have your skull crushed. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and I'm not also not brave enough to hang a glass shelf, <laughs> a floating glass yes. shelf. Yes. Oof. That's, that's not, that's, that's, I don't have that. Yeah. 
What if the asteroid that killed dinosaurs was a UFO and we're all the aliens? Whoa. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> I mean, not really, but... <laughs> Losing my mind over the idea that pigeons existed before cities. Like, can you imagine pigeons just hanging out in the forest, eating bugs instead of gutter bagels? <laughs> I personally don't buy it. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're the aliens. <laughs> that, instead of the asteroid, that they, and they are secretly monitoring us all the time. I think so. Not so secretly, actually. Well, no, not right. so secretly. Because they're, they're always talking all the time. They're always talking. Always. Always talking. And they're just there. Yeah, always just there. Just there. There are pigeons that live at my neighbor's next door. Okay. Uh, they live at my neighbor's house. But they have a metal roof. Oh. So they use our roof. Oh, no. And, they, and our bedroom is upstairs. And when they walk, it sounds like somebody's on our <laughs> roof with clown feet. <laughs> flop, 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 flop. Flop, 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 oh, flop. And I can hear them cooing through the... Which yeah. is not great. I don't like it. And it, it does. It sounds like clown feet. It's oh, the no. loudest thing ever. And they are not that big. They're not. But annoying. But they're, right, and they're, they're taking, they're collecting information about international phones. <laughs> I just want to be financially stable enough so I don't have to check the price before I buy cheese. Because oh. <clears throat> cheese is important. And it's expensive sometimes. And it's expensive. If you, if you, if you get good cheese, you want to you wanna make sure that you have enough money in the account. Yes. Tilting the container and drinking the crushed Pringles from the bottom, because I'm classy like that. Yeah. You gotta. I mean. Sometimes that's the best part. Well. All the you Pringle don't, bits. You don't just. I mean, you don't just leave them there. Right. That's just that's just chaos, and that's wrong. I it don't is. know anybody that would. Yeah. It's like the last bit of a malt. Yeah. You have you to. You have get to it. slurp it up because yeah. I mean that's the most annoying sound ever. It is, but unless you're doing it. Right. But it has to be done. It has to be done. Yeah. It can't, can't be left there. I hate when I'm 20 minutes into my run on the treadmill and I look down and the timer says it's been 43 seconds. Uh, can I just tell you that I feel like that's every... <laughs> I can see the work... I can, at my workout class, I can see the clock through the mirror. I can read back and I can't... I can read it backwards. And honest to God, it's where that clock stops. Yes. When, I get, when class starts, it stops for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, how can this only be three minutes in this workout? I'm sweating. And I'm dying. I am, I am, I'm, I'm right now I'm wearing a mask. I'm still wearing a mask because I'm not, I won't be vaccinated, fully vaccinated until tomorrow. Sure. But I'm sucking air. Um, <laughs> Almost passing out. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just beyond. They're the longest minutes. They are the longest minutes. It's yeah. like the, it's like after three o'clock if you're in school. Yes. The, the clock slows down. Or like four o'clock here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On a Friday. On a Friday. Yeah. The clock goes in reverse. It does. It goes in reverse. If you're having a bad day, please know that I just discovered the cute shirt I bought at Old Navy today is a maternity shirt. If you need me, I'll be in the corner chewing on kale and sobbing. Oh. Can I just say, though, maternity shirts are super comfy. Sometimes it depends on the style of in the right. time. You know, it depends on the style of the time. Maternity shirts. They can be a little. They can be nice and roomy. They around are the, roomy. around the hips and yes. the waist. If like the style is like tight, crop, low rise, maternity. Go maternity. Well, I don't think they make any maternity tight top, cropped, 
I mean, they shouldn't. Well, that's what I mean. If, oh. That's what I mean. Go find maternity clothes. Right. If, if the style that year, whatever, for not pregnant people is tight stuff, low-rise oh, stuff. Oh, sure. Oh. Shop maternity. Nice well, and roomy. Nice and roomy. Long. And, usually, and I bet they stretchy. have pockets. I bet yeah. they have pockets. Yeah. My wife just started measuring a wall in our house, and I don't know what she's up to, but it's probably going to be expensive. <laughs> and time-consuming. One of my students just ended her email with, have an adequate day. And that might be the most spot-on words I've ever received. <laughs> you know? Have an adequate day. Hope it doesn't suck. Yeah. That, you know, some days, honestly, around here we have a couple sayings that we, when we leave the building, like... Um, peace uh, out, Girl Scout. Peace out, Girl Scout. That's from a, 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 a young, I think... Uh, young intern that was here. Uh, uh, also, uh, stay fresh, cheese bag, <laughs> which is actually an advertisement for a cheese, cheese bag, bag. <laughs> to yeah. keep it fresh. Yeah. But I don't know where that was from you, and I don't know what I don't know what it it works. I mean, I literally just saw it on the internet, and yeah, and then it's our yep, our our saying. Yeah, the the really, advertisement I, was. For these bags that kept your cheese fresh. And it was like a run-on, stay fresh cheese bags. And, but you know, that doesn't carry over, I don't think. You can't say it to your fam. No. You can't say it to your friends. It only works. It only works here in this yeah. environment. Mm -hmm. Which, so much of our humor also only works in this environment. Yeah. Because. It's never yeah, funny to anybody It's never else. funny. You can't, some things you just can't explain what. Yeah. Though, we can have a fall down laughing session over it. And, but we can't, it can only, it's only funny here. Right. Right. What do you got? So the inventor of the Pringles can, you mentioned mm. that earlier, is now buried in one. Oh. In 1966, Frederick Bauer developed the ingenious idea for Procter & Gamble to uniformly stack chips mm. in a can instead of tossing them in a bag. He was so proud of invent his invention, he wanted to take it to the grave. So when he died at 89, his children stopped at Walgreens <gasps> on the way to the funeral home to, to buy his burial Pringles can. Oh my gosh. The siblings and uh, discussed uh, for a little bit about which flavor to have, and the oldest son, Larry, said, um, uh, "You know, we need to use the original." Frederick 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 Bauer was an original, or he was an American classic, and so wow. he's buried in a Pringles can. Interesting. Uh, did you know that sunglasses were originally designed for Chinese judges to hide their facial expressions? Oh, I didn't know that. Just their eyes, though. We, you can get really glary, judgy. You can. You can get very judgy yeah. with your eyes. Mm -hmm. Cotton candy was invented by a dentist. What? Well, yeah. William Morrison and confectioner John C. Wharton invented a machine, invented the machine-spun cotton candy in 1897. Wow. It was introduced at the 1904 World's Fair as Fairy Floss. Uh, then another dentist, Joseph Laskow, I reinvented the machine in 1921, and he came up with the name Cotton Candy. Hmm. Well, it's a good way to remain a dentist. Yeah, exactly. The Apollo 11 crew used hundreds of autographs as life insurance. Neil Armstrong and the Apollo 11 crew faced the real chance they wouldn't return from the moon safely, sure. leaving their families without financial support. So due to the extreme danger, though, uh, they were about to face, nobody would give them a life insurance policy. Sure. 
So instead, they, hind, they signed hundreds of autographs, which their family would be able to sell if they didn't make it home. Luckily, those life insurance autographs weren't needed. They do, however, show up as space memorabilia and can sell for as much as $30,000. Wow. Cool. Did you know a human can swim through a blue wane's blue whale's veins? Oh. The biggest blue whale can be over 100 feet in length and over and weigh more than 100 tons. Their heart alone weighs 1,300 pounds, and um, <clears throat> and is the size of a small car. Holy moly! I had no idea. Uh, um, so blue whales have enormous arteries, uh, sure. which pump blood uh, through their massive hearts, and you a, a human could swim through it. I had no. I that puts it totally into perspective how huge they are. Holy moly! Yeah, I had no idea. So international astronauts must speak Russian. The International Space Station has modules and operations in Russian. So all astronauts that are going to the International Space Station must know how to use, uh, speak Russian fluently. Wow. They are expected to spend 1,100 hours in class uh, to reach a reasonable level of fluency in Russian. Holy moly. That's twice as many hours it takes typically to use other, to learn other languages like French, Spanish, and Dutch. Is, is Russian more difficult to learn? It must be. Sure. It must be. Um, the electric chair was invented by a dentist. I just want to say this is a very macabre. Again, one more reason not to go to the dentist. Not to go to the dentist. <laughs> so dentist Alfred P. Southwick witnessed a drunk man die quickly after touching a live electric generator. He soon realized that electricity would be a quick and more humane to alternative to hanging for executions, and thus created the electric chair, which was first used in 1890. Oh. The man who created Comic Sans, the co font Comic Sans, has only used it once. Because it's awful. Uh, it was designed by Vincent Conair in 1995, and even he isn't a fan. <laughs> Comic Sans... If somebody were to send me it, it ticks me off. Yeah. I, I get mad about it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's offensive. Yeah. <laughs> the fastest man in the world, Usain Bolt, has scoliosis. Oh, gosh. He's always had it. He's always had it. Wow. And he, but he, he, he trains and works to manage it. Sure. And uh, has obviously done so. Yeah. The majority of people who live in Iceland believe in elves. 62% believe in elves, and that dates back to the year 1000. Wow. It's just... I love that. Yeah. It's like... As long as they're good elves, I suppose. I suppose. I think elves are a little mischievous. They, yeah. They, they, they are a little mischievous. Janice Joplin left $2,500 in her will for her friends to have a party. <laughs> That's how you do it. Which is so great. Yep. Bubble wrap was originally invented to be wallpaper. Oh. Bubble wrap was invented in 1957 by engineers Alfred Fielding, Alfred W. Fielding, and Mark Chavon, who sealed two shower curtains together, uh, creating a smattering of air bubbles, which was initially which they initially tried to sell as wallpaper. Then in 1960, they realized their product could be used for protection in packaging, and they founded the Seal Air Corporation. Huh. I can't imagine that as wallpaper. It still exists today, and... Um, uh, because basically cryovac food packaging was the original, I mean, is bubble wrap. Sure. Um, 
Which brings me so much yeah. joy. I mean, I I understand that like the regular the the bubble wrap that we think of today wasn't the plant wasn't the initial thing, but two shower curtains smashed together on your wall. Iron. I mean, imagine. I mean, it would take so much wallpaper. I mean, it would take so many shower curtains to wallpaper your wall. And also, it's clear but textural. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't know, but it wouldn't Weird. have been as. Interesting as it is now, it would have been... It would just look gross. It would look like it wasn't put on right. You know, it would look on your wall with little random air bubbles or creases or... You wouldn't like that at all, would no. you? No. My OCD would no, not like would, that. You'd have to iron it out. I'd poke them. Let the air out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and poke them and then, you know, and iron straighten them, them out. Straighten them out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which defeats the purpose. Which defeats the purpose. Yeah. Okay. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Peace out, Girl Scout. <laughs>